0: The Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts.
1: Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Nutrition and Fitness Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host Brandon, with my co-host Joe. Catchphrase. <laughs> I still don't <that> have one. <laughs> And we have an awesome guest today. His name is Vernon Davis, and he has an incredible story. And I will let you hear it from the man himself. Thanks for joining us, Vernon.
2: Hey, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having you as well, Joe. Yeah. Great to have you.
1: Yeah. So you have this crazy transformation story. It's amazing. Go ahead and tell us in your own words why we're talking today.
2: Yeah. Man, Brandon realized, man, I was addicted to food after I was uh, diagnosed with type two diabetes back in the summer of 2020. What led up to the diagnosis was uh, just uh, years of uh, poor eating habits, poor eating choices that I enjoyed. I liked it. I thought I was doing the right thing because it made me feel good. And as the years passed, I started not feeling so good after the fact, after having that emotional high of uh, consuming the pizzas and the burgers and the tacos and the and the chips and candy. I mean, it wasn't until early 2020 where I started experiencing uh, different symptoms. I and mean, I had no explanation for uh, tingling in my uh, toes, tingling in my fingers. My left leg would go numb at different times. There was a lot of tingling there. My uh, left eye, I started uh, experiencing blurred vision, <clears throat> which was very, very out of my norm, even with being someone that wears prescription glasses. It just wasn't uh, normal for me. My mouth was always dry. But I drank a lot of juice and soda and occasionally some water, but I could never quench my thirst. I mean, it wasn't until we went on a a trip to Michigan for a wedding. We drove and I had to pull over on the side of the highway every hour on the hour on whatever interstate we were on uh, to pee. To relieve myself of urine because I couldn't make it to the next exit. I couldn't make it to the next gas station, the next convenience store, the next hotel that had pretty nice restaurants. I just couldn't make it. And that's when I noticed, man, okay, I think something is wrong with me. But I was just so, so stubborn. I I didn't want to go to the doctor. I didn't want to go see a medical professional. I didn't want to hear any bad news. My mindset was there can't be a problem if I don't know that there is a problem. And uh, you know what that mindset did not serve me well. So, you know, upon returning uh, from the wedding in Michigan, my wife, she urged me uh, to go see a doctor uh, just to at least get an understanding of why I was experiencing some of the symptoms I just expressed. And I went to the clinic, and I shared with them what was going on. Uh, they, they did some blood work. They took a urine sample, and uh, the doctor came back, and he just casually expressed, yeah, you're type 2 diabetic. That's why you're going through these feelings. That's why you're going through these things. And I had to have him repeat that because it was a scary thing to hear, and I just couldn't believe it. And so he repeated it again very casually. And, man, I just I fell into pieces, man, just trying to hold it together in that doctor's presence. Once I made it to the car, man, I was, my face was wet, man, from a ton of tears, man, and just feeling disappointed in myself to have gotten to that point, man. Yeah, man, it's a type 2 diabetes. There's nothing to play with, but thankfully, with the help of accountability partners, self-education, looking at things on my own, utilizing the resources that are available to all of us. I was able to make some, uh, some grand decisions that were tough, um, but some good decisions nonetheless uh, to eventually heal my body, uh, reverse type 2 diabetes within me, and also uh, lose 50 pounds in the process.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Now, I wanted to back up and talk about one of the symptoms, the tingling in your leg and things, which somebody can also confuse for neuropathy from maybe something physically going on. We talk a lot about that piriformis closing in down on the sciatic nerve just from the glutes not being very active and an overcompensation. But this is different. Did they explain to you what was causing the tingling, the numbness, the, the, what's going on with the eye and things like that?
2: Not in great detail when I uh, started doing some research I realized that the foods that I was eating and the drinks that I was consuming was actually just damaging my organs uh from the inside out to where I started experiencing uh, you know those symptoms and they were just say, a byproduct of the issues that were going on that were uh, you know much deeper on the inside damaging nerves and damaging my kidney when I was at stage 1 early kidney disease I had poor gut health, that played a huge factor um, in what I was uh, experiencing as well. My liver was in bad shape as well as my pancreas.
1: Yeah. yeah, Especially the vision thing, glaucoma and things like that, people don't know this, but that could be due to something called glycation, which is where sugar molecules start sticking to protein molecules. Diabetics have a five times more likelihood of developing glaucoma and blindness. I actually worked with a 14-year-old once that he was drinking like two gallons of whole milk a day, and there was so much sugar in the milk. They didn't know that. They thought they were doing something good for him, but he was blind at 14, and it was because of that glycation buildup, and, and he was also type 2 diabetic at 14 years old. Pretty wild, but but it's pretty wild, man. So you're able to lose 50 pounds. That's fantastic. And were you going through any kind of program? Any Was it more exercise-based, more diet-based? Talk to us about that 50-pound weight loss.
2: Yeah, man. It was actually a combination of both, but it all started with the mind. The day I was diagnosed, actually, I had an 8 o'clock appointment that morning. Before I went to the appointment, um, I had already suspected I was going to get some bad news. And so to emphasize on the hold that food and uh, sugary drinks had on me, I stopped by a convenience store and I purchased five beverages. Four of them were fountain drinks of those. Two of them were fruit punch. The other two were some soda. And then the fifth beverage uh, was like a slushie. And I wanted to have something to soothe me. Immediately, once I found out whatever bad news I was going to get, once I got that the diagnosis and started learning in conversation that for better or worse, it was self-inflicted, there were some things that I had to make a decision on cutting out of my life immediately. Now, contrary to that, the uh, physician that diagnosed me they did recommend a certain medication, uh, the name of which I won't mention. And with that, they stated that I can continue to do and have the things that I enjoyed. I just had to take that medication and lessen the consumption of those things that was actually damaging my body. And so in hearing that, that I was wise enough in the moment to realize that choosing to take that medication would have been the easy way out for me. And so when I got to my vehicle, shed my tears, made my phone calls to my parents, to my wife, to share with them what was going on uh, two calls that i made after that were to my accountability partners one being a personal trainer uh, his name is uh, tony lee great friend of mine and the second one being an herbalist uh breon reed also a great friend of mine and they helped me to understand that for the fields that they were in that they were going to be able to assist me in combating this illness you know healing my body and getting in better shape which was a necessity And so what I ended up doing, I uh, did some research on my own on different foods to avoid, different foods to incorporate immediately and eat throughout the day. I learned more about water and the best kind of water, at least for me, to consume consistently one and a half to two gallons a day. That day I was diagnosed, I decided not to drink soda or juice anymore. And so I haven't had any going on now 17 months. And uh, the uh, workout regimen that I uh, incorporated was actually done at home on my patio. A lot of calisthenic exercises, it makes me think about elementary school and doing warm-ups in the gym, and, you know, I reflect on it now, and it's just it's wild that those baseline exercises is what was in me achieving the the success that I've had thus far and not only healing my body, but also being able to lose, uh, you know, that 50 pounds and for the most part keep it off. And I have started doing strength training now and building muscle, but as far as the fat is concerned, being able to keep that fat off and the diet, as a diet is concerned, I learned about intermittent fasting, which is not something that everyone has to do, but I chose to do it due to the severity of the situation that I put myself in. Eating on a four-hour window per day and, you know, being disciplined uh, on eating certain foods that were going to be helpful to my body and not harmful majority of the week. And what I had to learn early on is that throughout this journey, there were going to be small setbacks of uh, being a human being. Being an, a very emotional guy, there were days where I did stress eat because I was frustrated with the process. Even experiencing progress, I was still frustrated with the process and so I have emotional moments where I would fall off the wagon, if you will, and go and, and get a burger or go and get a pizza through one of the popular delivery apps. But the majority of my food consumption was certain fruits and vegetables. I incorporated natural herbs after doing my own research on those as well. Figuring out what was going to be good for the for the organs and then for the uh, the appearance of my body as well, you know, in lieu of the prescription medication that was that was recommended. And so I'm grateful uh, to never have used any of that prescription medication, uh, not having to experience any of those side effects. And here I am today, man, with a great team behind me, steady pushing me to this day because it's a lifelong journey. It doesn't stop. I have my family behind me, pushing me, encouraging me, keeping me going. And I have my two accountability partners as well. Yeah. Now let's back up to the soda thing. I
1: was pre-diabetic coming out of college. And the very first thing I stopped doing was drinking soda. Like I was still eating Arby's and Taco Bell and Wendy's <laughs> as most of my meals on the dollar menu and just cutting yeah. soda, I lost 10 pounds. It was amazing. And one of the things that I show people, I do presentations a lot. I, I do a sugar one and I will take a, we'll just call it fountain foo, soda. And I show them how many teaspoons of sugar are in it in a glass. And it's 19 and a half solid teaspoons of sugar, one after another. <laughs> And people don't understand the impact of how much sugar they're putting in in liquid form. And even worse, it's usually in the form of high fructose corn syrup, which is going to go straight to your liver. Uh, And that's where the diabetes and insulin problems start. So I think that cutting soda part is huge for for a lot of people. And a lot of my clients that have a huge amount of weight to to move, that's the very first thing we look at. Have you tried any alternative sodas? Is that something you've tried?
2: No. So... The day I was diagnosed, about an hour or two later, I made the decision not to consume sodas and juice anymore. I just only drink water. After I got home and calmed down, I started looking into alternatives and the sugar freeze and and things like that. And from what I researched, it just wasn't beneficial at all. And so I decided not to even try any of
1: it. Now, the ones with sucralose and aspartame particularly would not be beneficial. Stevia, I'm on the fence about. And so Zevia uses stevia as the sweetener, which is zero calorie. I think of the ones out there, it tends to be better There's some concern. I think there's 40 steps of processing. So I'm still researching to see if those 40 steps of processing does anything molecularly to negatively impact health. I don't know. Yet. Uh, so far, I haven't seen enough um, evidence to suggest it's bad for you. Uh, but the only other concern is sometimes it can come from a corn base and it's not labeled as such. And sometimes corn based things could have negative impacts on health. But for the most part, and from what I've researched, stevia seems to be a better sweetener and the soda zevia uses stevia as a sweetener. Uh, zero calories, zero color additives, and seems to be okay for most people. I was just curious, but so you've just been sticking to water? primarily?
2: So yes, uh, water, uh, spring water, to be exact. Every now and then I have alkaline water. Uh, One of the things that I've uh, added to my regimen here over the last five or six months is uh, fruit and vegetable juicing. Now, when I first uh, got started on this journey back in July of 2020, I did make homemade fruits and fruit and vegetable smoothies to be able to ingest uh, the natural herbs, uh, which uh, didn't taste good, <laughs> and the <laughs> sea vegetables that didn't taste good. And, but I don't, I don't equate that to soda or juice because of it being fruit just blended. And then through my research, being prompted by my herbalist, I looked into actual juicing. So I purchased a juicer. And instead of making our fruit and vegetable smoothies now, I'll juice the fruits and vegetables that I purchase to remove the fiber and be able to extract the nutrients and consume them. They'll get in my bloodstream a lot quicker. And then since making that decision, I've uh, nixed the fruits and only do it with the vegetables. That way I can enjoy my my blueberries, my strawberries, my apples on their own. Just because when I chose to juice them with the vegetables, it still didn't make a difference in the taste. It taste still was horrible. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if I'm going to if I'm going to do that, I might as well just do just the vegetables down that as quick as I can without <laughs> gagging. And then turn around and, and have a handful of blueberries, have a handful of strawberries or cherries or.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, now typically I would encourage people to include the fiber if they juice, cause that's what serves the prebi- as prebiotic fibers to probiotics. I'm just curious, is uh, there any reason why you chose to take the fiber component? It sounds like you think it hits the, and it might, I haven't researched this. So you think the nutrients hit the bloodstream quicker without the fiber?
2: That's what I found from my research. Again, that was mm-hmm. prompted um, by my herbalist and I tend to take everything. He says, I wait, weigh, it weighs on me heavy. Just because of who he is and where we started from together on this journey. Um, But I still go back and do my own research. And so from the few articles that I researched back in had to be October of 2021, I decided, hey, okay, yep, just gonna just juice and and consume the juice. And I I saw a difference in the way I perform um, before and after workouts through the day on the job and things of that nature. So I just kept it going. Uh, I just tried to keep it very simple for myself uh, with the decisions that I make based on whatever it is that I researched. Okay, very good.
0: Um, I, uh, I also gave up soda when I started on my kind of health journey and a couple things I thought, and I wonder if you guys have a similar thing because you both gave up soda. One, I thought I was going to miss it a lot more than I did. <coughs> Three weeks later, it was like, oh, that's fine. I missed bubbles, so I started drinking carbonated water. But the other thing I noticed is if you waited like a couple months or if I just grabbed a soda right now or had had a mixed drink that had soda in it. It's so sweet. Your teeth hurt. And you're like, why did I drink this (laughs) stuff? Like, how did I ever get to the point where this was a, I could drink like a, like a McDonald's size cup of this stuff.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like that. Like maybe twice a year, I'll have a rum and Coke. And, and um, when that Coke hits you, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of sugar. Have you had soda
2: since being off of it for a while? I haven't. I haven't. Not a drop. I I wouldn't say that I don't miss it. I have thought about it at times over the last seven or eight months, for sure. There are days where I think about it more often, more than others, but run back to that. Okay, this is what aided in getting me to a point that I never thought I would get to. And to be quite honest, soda and juice are the two things that I know can unravel all of my progress. Peach soda is my favorite, and it still is, even though I haven't had it. And going on uh, almost two years now, and I chose, I just choose not to be around it. I choose not to have it. I'm on a vacation now, and uh, the Minute Maid juices, uh, the fruit Minute juices that come in the cartons, are were big in my life. And it's funny, my uh, grandmother and I went grocery shopping uh, about two weeks ago, and she purchased three cartons, and she bought them for the home. And you know, I just remember staring at them while they're on the kitchen table, and I was, you know, I was hurting. I told my mom, like, hey, I think I'm about to open these up and throw them away, like pour them down the sink. And yeah. my mom asked me why. And my wife, she immediately spoke up and said, I think he might be tempted. I mean, I was. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but I walked away, um, didn't touch him, you know, didn't even touch him to throw them away, just didn't even touch him. Cause I, you know, had to think about it. If I did open it up, and some splashed on me, I'm gonna lick it off or something like that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. You know, so I was like, man, just stay away from it. It can be challenging at times, but but I haven't had soda or juice. Uh, you know, I've only had a uh, spring water and homemade fruit and vegetable smoothies, and then transitioned to uh, juicing uh, fruits and vegetables with a juicing machine. i um, at home.
1: And for people that don't know, fruit juice isn't healthy. It's got almost as much sugar as soda. The only difference is it's fructose instead of high fructose corn syrup, but it can still have a similar amount of sugar. And something else, and I don't know if your numbers indicated this was happening, but one in two Americans are suspected by uh, 2030 to end up having NAFLD, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, by the time they're 50. Uh, So essentially cirrhosis of the liver without a drop of alcohol. So sugar can be just as damaging to the liver as alcohol. So it's funny, the parallel, hearing your story about seeing, being tempted by juice, and most people would think juice is innocuous, but no, it does the same thing. <laughs> it does the same exact thing. And it's a similar type of struggle, hopefully not as bad as overcoming alcoholism in terms of the temptation. But that temptation's still there. And we know that humans are addicted to sugar. It's 10 times as addictive as crack cocaine. And it is a struggle. Uh, I have the same issue around the holidays, especially going to like my wife's family's house and they've got eggnog and sweets and cookies. And and I rarely, uh, at least the first time, could just have none of it. I usually have some of it, which leads to a lot of it. And then finally, I just had to put my foot down. I said, we're going to be cooking separate meals here <laughs> the next couple of days because we went nuts over Christmas. There are over 400 cookies. It was insane. And if they made a pork chop and rice dinner, I made pork chop creole, which was peppers, onions, and no rice. And and finally, had to make the decision to do that and prepare my own food, even as a guest, somewhere else. But I think at some point, you have to, to look at that line and make those decisions. Are you finding, with you being on vacation, not at your own house, are you having to prepare your own food? Or are you able to find good food with what's available? What are some of the struggles you go through?
2: Both. Uh, I think the greatest struggle that I've had so far is uh, with not being in uh, my element in the city where I you know, reside. I know where everything is and I can go get the things that I want whenever I felt like it with my own vehicle, stuff like that. It was hard to juice here. And so that's something I had to accept that uh, it was going to be challenging. So I know once once we get back home, I'll be able to jump back on my juicer regimen. And in addition to that. I'm not here with my trainer again, one of my greatest greater accountability partners. And so while I am able to work out on my own and, and you know have a good workout session for sure, it's just not the same with, without having that person there with you to keep you motivated or to challenge you to get get one more set or one more rep. As food is related, fairly well with uh, eating how I want to eat, considering everything that I've learned. When it came to food, I didn't exclude anything from what I ate. I just ate it less and less. I think the greatest challenge I've had here is uh, snacking in the evenings. where back at home. I normally wouldn't, but I know once I get back home and get back on my, my old routine in, in, in that space, I'll be, be back to back kind of back like clockwork uh, as though I never left. So uh, that's probably the greatest challenge is uh, snacking during the holidays and then with this cold front. Not being able to go hardly anywhere, it wasn't many places to go as it was considering the times that we live in. But when that cold front hit, it really made it to where going outside really wasn't an option. But fortunate enough to, you know, still be able to get uh, the water that I consume every few days from the gro- local grocery store that carry it out here, and uh, being able to down that throughout the day as I normally do. You know, I still have my, my sea vegetables in the morning. I still have my 40 to 50 ounce glass of water. To start my day, so that's been allowed me to you know stay consistent in that regard. And I think in addition to the other challenges mentioned, uh, my sleep schedule has definitely been off, uh, which is also paramount um, in the success that I was experiencing with healing my body and uh, feeling better. Once I get back home, we'll get back into the sleep routine that we that we developed that worked best for me. So looking forward to that as well. But still enjoying my time with family here on vacation. Definitely enjoying it.
1: Yeah. yeah, the sleep part is huge because we know that one night of poor sleep, your insulin levels the next day could look like a type 2 diabetics from that one mm. poor night, which is why before you get blood drawn, they always ask, well, did you have a good night's sleep? So they know whether or not the numbers are skewed. Plus, uh, decision-making and impulse control goes out the window when you don't sleep well. The uh, amygdala in your brain gets cut off from the prefrontal cortex, which is the reasoning side. And so you just go to caveman brain. You're hungry, eat, <laughs> and that's it.
0: Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe, so why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook, read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com.
1: Fire Within Nation, has this ever happened to you? You go online to find a quick recipe for mashed potatoes, but first you have to hear about Grandfather's Farm in 1929. When I was a boy. (laughs) The first time you had a potato, and like six and a half chapters later, you get to the ingredient list. Tasted like dirt. Tries me nuts. So, me and Joe have worked to solve that issue for you. If you head to firewithinnf.com and check out the recipe section, healthy recipes, following the Fire Within way. And it's just the recipe, no blog. You're welcome. You'll find recipes like steak chimichurri. There's a bananas foster smoothie recipe. There's a sourdough French toast, lots of healthy things, make your own ranch dip and and tons more. So head to firewithinnf.com, check out the recipe section and enjoy.
0: I heard you mention that your wife said, oh, it's probably tempting him. It must be good to have a spouse that's supportive of your eating habits. I wonder, have you, because I know a lot of people, when they choose to change the way they eat, it feels like they are letting somebody else down who really enjoyed the way that it used to be. But I was just curious how that dynamic is going in your guys' relationship.
2: Yeah, man. Great question, man. My wife has always been an advocate for my own, for my health, as well as hers, but definitely for mine. considering I was a big guy. At one point, I was over three hundred pounds, and this is why we were together prior to marriage. So she's been huge when I first, you know, was diagnosed, and then I started doing research, and I wanted to make sure I shared it with her so that there was an understanding of why this and that changes were being made for me. But um, I never wanted to, you know, never wanted it to impact and change what she did. She had great health; she's in a healthy state but she chose to make changes with me uh, so that I wasn't alone at home while we were you know, isolated from majority of the population due to the pandemic. And then once we uh, found out that we were expecting our first child just about a month or so after my diagnosis, she wanted to incorporate what I was doing, uh, not only for our own health and make sure that she, it was getting everything that she needed, but also for the health of our uh, unborn child and our unborn child got everything that he needed as well. Yeah. Awesome.
1: That was interesting that you mentioned, even though you know what to do exercise wise, it's easier to stay motivated and get a better workout with your trainer. And I think a lot of people experience that, because I know what to do. I, I am a trainer, but I still have a trainer that occasionally I need to help push me to the next level. And all of my clients should know what to do. and they don't stay with me because they don't know what to do, I think it is that uh, motivation, that accountability, that extra push, and then just it keeping it interesting, changing up the workouts and things like that. So I thought that was a good point.
2: Oh yeah, man. Um, you know, it was uh, crazy enough. Man, I have a friend out here is a comedian uh, by the name of Daz O'Neill, and we went to a we went to a gym together. He invited me, and you know, I went, and we were just catching up. And I remember going through through our workout and you know it felt good to be in there with someone that I knew, but you know, I never expressed that. He did because he was so used to working out on his own. And he was saying how he was grateful to have you know, one of his buddies in there with him, working yeah. out, just how much more motivating it was to continue to push through and not give in to that first feeling of fatigue and actually push your body, yeah. you know, to its limits to get a good, you know, a good workout, you know, before getting out of there. And then also to, you know, help keep him focused. Uh, while in the gym, man, co-ed gym, there's women there and that can be a, a distraction for sure. And it's me and him yeah. both were uh, grateful to be in there together to help keep our wandering eyes at bay, if you will. And yeah, man, uh, having a having a partner, man, having a accountability, having a trainer, all that is, is helpful. I mean, similar to barbers. Barbers are trained to cut people's hair and style them a certain way. And sure, they can do it for themselves. They have better results when they let another trained barber or someone that's even better yeah. do their hair for them.
1: Yeah. Now I wanna go back and talk a little bit about gut health. So the more sugar you eat, the more sugar loving bacteria and candida type species grow. And the more of those there are, the more you're gonna crave sugar. We are more bacteria than we are human. Depending on that shift in biome could change our uh, preferences quite a bit. So your cravings for different types of sugars and sugary foods can go down as that sugary candida uh, species starts to be depleted. And then another important aspect to remember is we have more neurons in our gut than we do in our brain. So taking care of that microbiome, that gut environment can have huge implications on our health. You mentioned that you're working with the herbalist for some gut help and things like that. What types of herbs and things are, have you guys been adding, using to, to help combat some of the hormones related to type 2 diabetes?
2: Yeah, the main two, bladderwrack, sea vegetable, as well as uh, sea moss. Use the uh, gel form and uh, consume that every day. Also incorporated elderberry um, as well for my immune system. Also, there was a black seed oil. I was also consuming that as well. You know, all en route to having achieving optimal health, helping to heal my gut. Wow,
1: I've never heard of any of those, but they sound. But I've never uh, researched herbs specific to type two diabetes. So that's pretty interesting. I've heard of like chromium and things like that. Talk. Can you talk a little bit about any of those and elaborate on what they're trying to do specifically in the body?
2: As it relates to the sea moss, sea moss has uh, roughly a 92 of the 102 essential minerals and minerals that our body needs uh, to function. And then uh, bladderwrack has the other 10. Uh, so when coupled together, they're a complete nutrient food. Uh, tastes horrible. No matter how you make it, it tastes horrible. Um, yeah. It's a sea vessel. But um, I found that it, it too. Having incorporated it has been more helpful mm-hmm. to me than if I didn't incorporate it And I, There's no way for me to, I don't have the knowledge base to break it down as like looking at it under a microscope or anything like that. Yeah. I was just uh, fortunate, man, to to hear about it, to learn yeah. about it through my herbalist and take it upon myself to do a, a bit more research, to get an understanding, figure yeah. out what's the best source of these, these sea vegetables and then how to prepare them. And having incorporated them has uh, definitely helped and uh, achieving the, uh, the progress that I've had up to date. And then elderberry, I was just taught about it being helpful for uh, building up uh, the immune system, uh, yeah. which is something that I know I needed. And so I uh, incorporated that every day, and that's uh, been a huge help for me. Dandelion powder was helpful for my bl- blood flow. And then there were a few others. can't even think of the name zone right now. Uh, yeah. There's a few others that I incorporated throughout the last uh, year and seven or so months. And uh, they've been paramount, man. They've been paramount.
1: It's always good to learn about new sources of nutrients. And then the more complex the amount, or at least the more variety of nutrients, the more robust your microbiome system. So I'm excited to hear about these. I knew about chlorella and spirulina, but I think that's, was that one of them?
2: That's one of them. Yeah, it's green.
1: Oh yeah, very green, extremely <laughs> it tastes, green. Answer, it, it, it <laughs> smells like smells awful, but we put it in smoothies sometimes. But no, so bladderwrack, black seed. What were the other ones you mentioned again? Sea uh, moss,
2: sea moss, and then uh, elderberry
1: elderberry yeah, and I think more people have heard about elderberry now with the pandemic because of the immune properties there's a lot of people like I know you go to Whole Foods where they mix the elderberry with usually manuka honey and clove and it's really tasty but there's all kinds of health benefits to that it's not usually cheap but worth doing so <laughs> well now I got some fun stuff to research I appreciate you sharing that so any of our listeners struggling with type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetic or just want to improve your health in general you could Add bladderwrack, black seed, and sea moss, and some of those other things. What forms are they? Are they like powdered, or
2: so you could get them in a the powder form? I know elderberry uh, comes in like little small, little small balls, um, but you can get it in a powder form. Or you can also get it uh, in liquid form. The, the same for the uh, bladderwrack and sea uh, and moss. As a matter of fact, there's a, a website that features all of them as well as a uh, you know educational information godlyherbs.com where they have a great variety of natural herbs and sea vegetables to assist anyone in root to very specific health goals. Yeah. I have
0: a question for you. I'm I'm always curious about this because I experienced something like this when I had something off inside of my body I had my parathyroid removed and what I experienced was This, my body was producing way too much calcium. And, uh, and anyways, it ended up with a surgery and they took, I was like coughing up chunks of stuff. I didn't know what it was, but it was calcium deposits. So it was like 1200% more calcium than my body needed was a specific (laughs) thing that was happening. And so they finally figured it out and took the parathyroid out. And then what I noticed was like a couple of things that I thought were my personality were actually things that were wrong with me. Like I couldn't pay attention for a long time when reading and then that went away. Like I had like crazy legs when I tried to sleep and that went away. And so like my, even my mental clarity, like things I thought were like just who I am because it'd been messed up for so long. It'd been like 10, 15 years of my life. I'm curious with diabetes, did you notice anything like that? Things that were what maybe you thought was part of your personality, the way you felt, the way you acted that could have actually been symptoms of diabetes versus you and your prime health?
2: The only thing that I can at least think of in the moment was the uh, excessive consumption of uh, juice and soda. Because it, I used to drink a fair amount. And then as the years passed, and I, I started consuming more and more. To where every time I stepped out of the house, I had to stop and get a 20-ounce. Or I had to get a carton of juice and bring it home, even if I already had some. And I would go through cups. And not just standard 8-ounce cups. I'm talking 20, 22-ounce, 32-ounce cups. Just guzzling it down, man, two, three cups at a time. And so that developed um, over time. And I do attribute that to the dry mouth, the craving for sugar, which, you know, are symptoms of, of being a diabetic.
1: Yeah, I can say from my changes, I used to have almost an explosive temper And I've mentioned this once or twice on the show, I think a big part of why my marriage failed, first marriage, had to do with the mood swings associated with the gluten and the sugar and the spikes and the crashes. And I'm much more even keel now. Very rarely do I ever raise my voice for any reason now. And so I noticed a huge shift in that. And I know Dr. Kelly Dorfman's book, How to Cure Your Child with Food, talks a lot about that with troublesome teenagers that they're having trouble with controlling their tempers and expressing themselves. So it it turned out it was largely linked to those blood sugar spikes and drops and how gluten interacted uh, with the brain. Um, I
0: I find that fascinating how things like that we think are personality traits can actually be symptoms caused by the way we eat or... What's not Focus, the chemical things like that? Not chemical imbalances, but emotional. What is, what's the word I'm looking for? Like emotional stability, <laughs> like things like, yeah, yeah. Things that you just assume are like, oh, that's just the way that person is, could actually be something that they're inadvertently or unknowingly doing to themselves. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: That's how it was so, for me. Uh, as, as you can see in the speaker, Brandon, I was thinking, that's, that's how it was for me when it came to naps. I had to have a nap in the middle of the day to be able to continue to function. And yeah. since I've you know gotten to a you know great place in my health, I don't take naps uh, anymore. They're not needed to get through the day to continue to function. I used to take my thirty minute lunch break and go outside to take a nap instead of eat because I needed it to continue on for the rest of the workday. But that's no more.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, has some of that neuropathy and the
2: ISU has some of that stuff started to settle down? Oh man, that stuff went away yeah. from July to October of uh, twenty twenty. Uh, so for three months. The tingling in my body, all together from my toes, to my fingers, to my, uh, to my left leg, all that went away. The blurred vision—I don't remember when it stopped. But it was fairly quick, much quicker than the tingling of my fingers and toes having stopped. And I, I had yet to have gone and get my my eyes tested until uh, about a month and a half ago. And so when I went to the optometrist. They asked me, hey, are you diabetic or were you diagnosed at all? And so I shared with them a very short synopsis of my uh, story. And they checked and they said, man, there's no evidence of diabetes effect- having affected your eyes at all, uh, which was very good to hear. Very encouraging to know that he yeah. says no sugar in your, or no glucose rather, uh, in your cornea uh, were his words.
1: Yeah. Now, we're heading up on the end of our time here. I know you have a book out, and I wanted to make sure if anybody wanted to be able to contact you to find out more about your story or learn about you, tell us a little bit about your book real quick and how people can find you.
2: Yeah, uh, my book, Uncomfortable Peace, it's available right now on Amazon. And it talks about food addiction and what kind of led to my mentality that I had towards food and just how I use that in my day-to-day life. It talks about my diagnosis, what led to that. And it goes into detail, the changes that I made and the the update on my progress periodically uh, every three months, you know, having incorporated those changes. It talks a lot about accountability and self-education as well. Excuse me, accountability partners, uh, having people involved. But yeah, it's, uh, it's on Amazon, Uncomfortable piece. I actually have a forward by a registered dietitian and a nutritionist and a licensed dietitian and nutritionist, a young lady by the name of uh, Camille Carter uh, from Texas Tech. So we were very fortunate to get her in our book as well. I can be contacted at uh, the following email address, vernon at dfpublishing.org. And our website, uh, our publishing company's website that features our, our book and then the uh, Books that are to come uh, through our publishing company, dfpublishing.org is our website.
0: Awesome. Can you say, I think you said .com when you said your email address. Is it .org?
2: Oh, my apologies. Uh, if I did, it's uh, definitely .org. Uh, so that's Vernon at dfpublishing.org.
1: Hit. And then the last thing I asked every guest when they come on the show, what are the top three things you would tell somebody to do if they're looking to make a positive life change? Whether it be overcoming diabetes or just to get healthier?
2: Yeah, man. Whatever those changes may be for that person, get you some accountability partners, people that you share with your your vision, what it is you're striving to achieve, some of the steps that you plan on making and keep them updated periodically so that they can talk to you about it or they can check check in on you at random times and see how your progress is going. The next step Stay transparent uh, with the people in your lives. So in addition to have accountability partners, you know, even if you don't want accountability from a close family and friends for whatever reason, you want to stay transparent with them. Stay focused. Uh, there are short setbacks a part of the journey. Don't let that discourage you. You know, embrace them, understand them, understand what caused those setbacks and continue to push forward and love yourself, man. Whatever it is you're striving to achieve, you're not going to be able to do it without you. And so you have to love yourself enough or more than enough to say whatever comes our way, self, we're going to get through this en route to whatever it is that we are striving to achieve.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing your story. And for our listeners, uh, if you guys found any value from this episode, please go on Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It helps other people find us and check out some of Vernon's resources and the incredible journey he's gone through and see how it can help you. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.
0: The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle.